by the waters of Babylon. We sat down and there we wept when we remembered Zion. These are the words that were sung by Judah when they had been sent into exile in the Old Testament, taken captive by Babylon. There in Babylon, they were enslaved and mocked by their captors, demanding that they sing their church hymns in mockery. And it infuriated them. It hurt them. It angered them. Because not only were they mocked, they were unable to sing their songs in Jerusalem. They were unable to gather in the temple to worship. That was painful, to be kept from worship, to be kept from the temple where God had promised to be present with them. God had promised to hear their prayers. God had promised to forgive their sins. I mean, captivity was one thing, but being kept from the house of the Lord, oh, that was a whole other level of pain. Now today, Thank God you and I are not under the tyrannical empire of Babylon. (laughs) But we are being kept from the house of the Lord, aren't we? I am being, uh, I am preaching to you right now on a video camera in an empty sanctuary. Well, there's a couple of people here, uh, but it's mostly empty right now. We've got Jim and Bob and Jeff and Pastor Matt and myself, and that's about it. And now I'm talking empty pews. It's a little strange. I'm not going to lie. I don't like it very much. We're doing this because of the coronavirus, as you well know. I mean, here we are in Lent, and we have to give up church. I knew we gave up stuff for Lent, but not church, right? (laughs) That's the part where everyone in the sanctuary would have laughed. Okay, now we just keep rolling along. Uh, Here we are in Lent giving things up. And we need each other right now, so it's tough, right? I mean, we're kind of scared. We're uncertain about what's happening in the world. And this is the time we need to gather. We need each other the most. We need to hear the word of God as one people and to receive the body and blood of Christ at the sacrament. And yet we're told to stay home. We cannot gather. How shall we sing the songs of Zion when we are apart? I don't know about you, or maybe I do, but I don't particularly enjoy this. I hate missing church. And right now, though we are doing what is necessary, I feel like I'm missing church. Now, I hope you guys can understand, and I I think I understand, you know, why this is all necessary. Because this virus, it spreads quite rapidly. And in fact, be very dangerous to those who are vulnerable among us. So the government is calling for us not to gather with groups of people over the size of 10. And in fact, now at the time I'm preaching this, we've been told to stay home altogether. Now, we can't be too angry at the government. In fact, this is their God-given responsibility to take care of their citizens. Thus, as citizens, we are honoring God, I'd say, by heeding our government's advice. And this is no imposed exile that is aimed at keeping us from worshiping God. Rather, this is the government calling for us to love our neighbors and to care for those around us so we can sort of curb, uh, we can flatten the curb and make sure this coronavirus doesn't get out of control. It is one of those wonderful moments that we are witnessing here where God's right hand, his church, and his left hand, the government, are working together for the good of our neighbor. But I still hate missing church. 
I miss the handshakes. I miss the banter. I miss the singing. I miss placing the body of Christ in your hands. I miss all of it. Though I am thankful today that we are able to meet at least like this. How wonderful it is that we live in a time where we can meet via technology. And I'm going to be honest with you, though I am certain I am completely addicted to it, I am very cynical about technology. But today, I thank God for it. I thank God for this tool that enables me to still be your preacher. That enables me to still come before you and place Christ in your ears and in your hearts. Jesus Christ, who after all has not left us once and has not forsaken us, but still comes to us even now in our time of need. So as we think about this, our sort of captivity, our our quarantine today, I want us to think about a few things we ought to do as Christians in this time of quarantine. How should we conduct ourselves? How should we live in light of what's happening around us? And the first thing I think we should do, I've sort of mentioned already, the first thing we need to do is to heed the government's advice. Wash your hands, stay inside. If you are sick, do not go out. Make sure you are wise. Protect yourself and protect your neighbors. Now, if you are in a dire situation, as we mentioned earlier in the service today, if you are in a situation where you need errands run for you, where you need groceries, please, again, I'll say it again, contact me, contact the church. We have a ton of people who are lined up to help get groceries. Our church has stepped up beautifully at this time. We we talk about this all the time, that we are a church where you hear God's word together, you learn God's word and study, and you care for everyone God gives you. And now we have to care for each other in these very difficult and strange times. And man, the church has stepped up. It's been wonderful to see the number of phone calls we are receiving from people calling to tell us, we want to get groceries, we want to help. I'm at the grocery store right now, can I get anything for people? I mean, it's just wonderful to see. We're actually witnessing the fruits of the Spirit at work in our church, and so thank you. I know I speak for Pastor Matt and myself and the entire staff when we tell you we are proud to serve this church, especially when we step up like this. It's just so wonderful to see, so thank you for this. That's the first thing we do. We heed our government's advice and we love our neighbors. That's how we should be operating. But there's more as Christians that we need to be doing. And I was thinking about it this week. What kind of text can we go to to help us see what needs to take place at a time when we are quarantined? And it struck me. uh, uh, Luke chapter 17, that wonderful text we hear every year at Thanksgiving where Jesus encountered some guys who were also quarantined. He encountered a group of 10 men who had the the problem, the disease of leprosy. And so they had to live in a leper colony, and they were kept outside of society, prevented from going in and being among the people. They were legitimately quarantined all the time. And so one time, Jesus is walking by these men, and they cry out to him for help. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And before we go on with the text, we're going to stop right there, because that is exactly we ought to be doing right now as Christians. Crying out to Jesus. Turning to our God for help. This is the time when we as Christians are commanded to pray. We, of course, are called to pray without ceasing, but it's at times like this where we learn to pray on a whole other level. This is what you are called to do. You are called to pray. 
And again, we want to help you with this as the church. And so what we're going to be doing over the next couple of days and, and perhaps weeks, if we have to, is we're going to be sending out daily devotionals uh, where myself and Jim and Pastor Matt, we're going to be recording devotions based on the Psalms, sort of thoughts for the day, encouragements, uh, words to give you strength and hope to face what's coming your way. And then along with that, we're going to be giving you sort of devotional helps to lead you in your prayers. And as you receive those things, there's a number of things I think we should be praying for in these days. Some things I want to help you think about in your prayers. First, the scriptures always call us to pray for our government, to pray for those people who are in charge so that they might have wisdom to help us lead peaceful lives. So pray for your government. Ask for God to grant them guidance and wisdom. We want to pray for our health care workers. We want to pray for those who are working in hospitals and doctor's offices. We're praying for nurses and for all the employees that are at the hospitals, for people who are paramedics, driving ambulances around, firemen, police officers. These people have a very stressful life right now. We want to pray that God would give them the rest they need, would give them the strength that they need, would give them the resources that they need, that our hospitals would not be overrun but that we would be able to handle this thing wisely and patiently. We want to pray for those who are hurting financially, for those who are needing work, for those who have lost hours. We want to pray for God to sustain them in this time, to give them confidence and hope. Again, as I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the offering, this is something we want to be able to help with at the church. So we're putting together this dedicated account to help you who are, who are hurting financially and are in need. We want to pray for all kinds of things, and for yourself you need to pray, of course. Pray for your own health, pray for your own family, and pray for God to continue to sustain you in your faith. And yes, at this time, it is a time for you to repent. It's a time for all of us to repent. When we see a pandemic of this nature, or we see disease of any kind, it is a reminder that the consequence of sin is death. And the reality is, is when we face these things, guys, we get afraid. And very often we begin to act out of fear and not out of faith. We begin to doubt. We begin to grumble. We grow upset with God and with our neighbor. We become rather selfish. And so it's at times like this where we need to pray against such things. And we need to ask forgiveness for when those things are happening. But you know God's promises to you. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive you your sins, and he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He promises you are forgiven, so you can repent. But see, that word promise, I want you to cling to that word today, that word promise, because God promises to hear your prayers. In other words, Jesus has given you access to the Father. You have God's ear, so use it. Pray to him. You his dear children and he is your dear father ask him he will answer if you ask for bread he is not going to give you a stone okay you can trust that he is listening cling to his promises so we honor the government we love our neighbor and we get diligent in prayer and then the third aspect comes later on in the text let's get back into the text now these men came to jesus crying out for mercy and notice how jesus responds he speaks a word to them that heals jesus says go and show yourselves to the priests and as they went they were cleansed now this is something 
the Lord Jesus cannot be kept from these men because of their disease. He is not going to allow that disease of leprosy to stop his work of restoration and redemption. So he proclaims his word over them. And he restores them. He gets at them when everyone else is at least six feet away. (laughs) And can you believe it? He's done it for you today too. He's got to you. You who are stuck at home, you who cannot get out, that cannot stop Jesus from getting at you today with his word and his work. In this time of uncertainty, Jesus is yet the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same Jesus who spoke that word to those lepers. He is the same Jesus who comes to you in your uncertainty and your sin and speaks his word of promise to you. He is the same Jesus who came and shed his blood on the cross for your sins. He is the same Jesus who rose again on the third day to conquer not just disease and sickness, but death itself. He is the same Jesus who bids you to pray, who promises to hear your cries, and proclaims these words to you today. Jesus says, your sins are forgiven and my promises still stand. You are yet, says Jesus, my baptized beloved disciple. So have no fear, little flock. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And nothing in all of creation is going to separate you from my love. This then leads us to our third thing we do as Christians. We remember that promise by remembering our baptism. You remember your baptism. It's been my mantra here for the last few days to say our life as Christians should look like this. Wash your hands and remember your baptism. In other words... Be wise, take precautions, but remember who you are. And remember whose you are. You are a blood-bought, baptized, beloved child of the Most High God. So that whatever may happen to you in the coming weeks, whatever may come your way, whether this thing blows over by the end of the week or we have to deal with it for months, whether we stay healthy or we get coronavirus, whether our finances are secure or everything falls apart, we don't know what is happening, but we do know this. We belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will not leave us. And he will not forsake us. You are one who has been purchased with the divine blood. On that cross, and that will not change. We cling to this promise. I was reminded of this promise in a wonderful way this week as uh, Pastor Matt and myself and Pastor Tom uh, Meyer were here preparing our midweek Lenten videos. Pastor Tom was telling us this story about how when folks were still out, you know, driving around and stuff, uh, he and his wife had to go to the dentist. And as they were driving to the dentist, it was right after a storm, and they turned a corner, and in front of them was the full arc of a rainbow, like the full thing. He said it was just stunning. He saw this beautiful rainbow, and it reminded him of God's promises. I had the same experience myself after he told us that story, driving back up into Valley Center. The whole of Valley Center was like shrouded by all these clouds, and it was wet, but rainbows you just looked around and you saw rainbows. It was, it was incredible. We we're surrounded by rainbows. And it reminded me of Noah. 
I mean, you want to complain right now about your quarantine? Think about Noah and his family. At least you don't have a zoo in your house. At least I hope you don't have a zoo in your house right now. 40 days and 40 nights in the storm, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like 120 days after that, he is stuck inside of that boat with his family. It was crazy. They, they, they weren't even homeschooling until then. I mean, it was nuts what they were going through. And yet they got off the boat, and when they got off the boat, they saw the rainbow, and God took that rainbow, and he attached a promise to it. He promised never to flood the earth again in that way. Although we are facing a worldwide pandemic right now, we still have that promise from God. We still have that promise that God will never allow anything to triumph over His mercy and His promises. Not His wrath, not pestilence, not pandemics, not famine, not sword, no scheme of the devil or of the world, no leprosy and no coronavirus. None of these things will stop God from showing you His mercy and giving you His Son, Jesus Christ. So as we are stuck in our homes, sitting by the rivers of Babylon, look to the rainbows. Look to your baptism. And hear the promises of Jesus Christ. He has not let this thing stop him from getting to you. He still got you. He still got you in the palm of his nail-pierced hand. He forgives you all of your sins. And he will not under any circumstances, leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you that your promises stand. We thank you, Lord, that you will not allow this pandemic to overtake your love and your mercy. Lord, in this uncertain time when we don't know what we are facing, we know that you face us and your face smiles upon us. We thank you for giving us your Son, Jesus Christ. And now, O oh Lord, grant us your Holy Spirit to sustain us in our faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.